During the course of this series, we've repeatedly examined the different ways in which communists and their deep state masters seek to divide the people, create the appearance of popular support, neutralize their opposition, precipitate mob violence in the streets, and create the semblance of revolution before attempting a full and total takeover. And there is perhaps no greater target for the communists and the deep state than our local police and elected county sheriffs. Today's very special guest, Sheriff Richard Mack, joins us to discuss the importance of local law enforcement in keeping America a free constitutional republic. You're watching Anarchy in America with Christian Gomez. Joining us now is Sheriff Richard Mack, the founder of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Thank you for joining us today on the show, Sheriff. Well, thanks for having me. It's a beautiful day for freedom. Absolutely. And speaking of freedom, back in 1994, you successfully challenged the federal government in court, in the Supreme Court actually, over the constitutionality of provisions of the Brady Act that required the chief law enforcement officer, sheriff, such as yourself uh, at the time in Graham County, Arizona, to conduct background checks on individuals seeking to purchase uh, handguns. Now with uh, the Biden administration in power and Biden saying that no rights are absolute, along with talk of creating a national gun registry and expanding background checks, for, background checks for all firearm purchases, where does the Second Amendment uh, stand today, and what can and should sheriffs and police do should any uh, new laws be passed uh, along Biden's uh, ideology or executive orders passed? Well, yes, uh, uh, Biden would have to say that, or he would be admitting that he's a criminal. So he has to try to pretend with this propaganda scheme that there are no rights that are absolute. He obviously doesn't understand the history of the Bill of Rights because that's exactly what the Founding Fathers' uh, intent was, was to show government. In fact, Patrick Henry and John Hancock and Sam Adams went to Madison and said, hey, the Constitution didn't go far enough. We don't have a declaration of rights. And this would be similar to that of the Magna Carta of 1215, where there is a list of things that government could not do. And I shouldn't call it things. There were a list of principles of liberty that government could never trifle with, that government could never violate. And, and I call it the list of the untouchables. This is what government can absolutely not touch. They can't legislate these things. And the first thing Biden and his people are going to say is, well, uh, even freedom of speech is not absolute. You can't, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater and then think you didn't commit a crime. That is a crime, just like the Second Amendment. If you misuse a gun, that's a crime. You still get to go after people who commit crimes with guns. You can do that also with people who commit crimes with their mouth. But until then, it is absolute and government must stay out of it. And so this 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 thing about Biden and his team using the brainwashing to convince us all that it's okay to violate the Second Amendment because no right is absolute. Well, that is completely contrary to the intent of the Bill of Rights and those who penned those rights. And there's about 28 rights detailed in the Bill of Rights. And yes, 
They are all absolute God-given innate natural rights that government has only one role to be involved with any of them, and that is to protect and guarantee them for the people. Now, and that's, of course, the, the Democrats and Biden will never get that. And speaking of the Democrats and Biden, shortly after the uh, George Cahill in um, in Minnesota announced the uh, the guilty verdict of former police officer uh, Derek Chauvin, that same day, Biden and Kamala Harris spoke from the White House endorsing the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act, which Kamala Harris actually helped write that law back last uh, year when she was in the Senate. Now, where do you, from from a law enforcement uh, uh, standpoint, where do you stand on this George Floyd Justice and Policing Act? Well, it, it shouldn't even be in existence. And where I stand is that uh, the Democrats, uh, including Biden uh, and Maxine Waters, uh, made a farce of the trial. Uh, I actually agreed with the verdict. And I actually agreed that Chauvin committed a crime. And uh, he did, obviously, second-degree murder. Uh, I'm not sure it rose to that level. Uh, but uh, I, I believe uh, that the verdict was pretty much correct. However, we now see that because of the publicity done from uh, the president and and especially Maxine Waters, the, I believe he's already put in for a, for a, a new trial because it was a mistrial. And... Uh, this was the message to the jurors. If you don't side with us, and this was plain, this was really plain for BLM and other politicians. If you don't side with us on your verdict, then you and your families will be in danger. And since when do we do that in America? I, I don't believe he got a fair trial. Uh, and, and we need to keep politicians out of the courtroom and let justice take its place. You know, the, the people were rioting in the streets because of what happened to him, and they were demanding justice. Everything that was supposed to be happening for the wheels of justice to turn in this case were happening faster than any time I've ever seen it in my entire police career. The wheels of justice were turning just exactly as they should have been, but no one not Obama, not Biden, not Kamala Harris. No one would come out and point that out to the people that were rioting and committing crimes all across America in supposed defense of liberty, in defense of justice. If you want justice, go home and let the wheels of justice turn as they should, which they were doing in this case. And speaking of BLM, uh, you know, in this show here, we've discussed uh, BLM and communists in general, how they try to divide the people and uh, sure. cre ultimately create the semblance of revolution to uh, have a communist takeover of America. How important are the role of sheriffs and local police to defending our freedoms in America from a potential communist takeover uh, in the U.S.? And what can people do to really support uh, their local police and sheriff's officers uh, from oh. – uh, you know, the assault received from the federal government, like the Floyd Act? The, the people should be working just like this. It is a union. It is a partnership. It is a cooperative effort with the people and the sheriffs and local officials to erect the barriers against the encroachments of the national authority. That's a quote from James Madison. The sheriffs of this country have already stood strongly against gun control. They uh, 300 sheriffs 
or more now have sent letters to Biden saying that they will not allow any more gun control from the federal government in their counties. That happened after the Sandy Hook shootings also back in 2011. They, this, this, is, this is amazing stuff. The sheriffs have already changed history. Sheriff Prince and I and a few other sheriffs changed history back in uh, 1997 when we won at the U.S. Supreme Court and we shut down the Bradyville movement when there were five Brady bills scheduled to be passed, our lawsuits uh, seemed to have stopped Brady bills two, three, four, and five, and we got number one ruled unconstitutional, at least most of it. See, we all took the same oath. The judges, the legislatures, all the executive branch, which sheriffs are a part of, and we promised to uphold and defend the Constitution. Those who violate that should be prosecuted for perjury and maybe even treason. Those are all crimes. We're supposed to be upholding and defending the supreme law of the land. We have a lot of sheriffs that are actually doing that. Where I want to see sheriffs take it to the next level is they, is they will not cooperate with gun control. Many of them have already said that, and I believe the Second Amendment, protection of the Second Amendment, will unite the sheriffs uh, a great deal all across America. However, I want to see the sheriffs take it a, a, a little bit higher uh, with their commitment to not allow anyone in their counties to initiate or enforce gun control acts, as you said. They're not laws. They can't be laws because they're unlawful and they're unconstitutional and of no force, just like we learned in Marbury versus Madison. So the sheriffs must stand. The sheriffs can stop gun control. They can stop the abuse of the IRS and many other bureaucrats from Washington, D.C. They are the ultimate Clio. They are the chief law enforcement over the county. The Brady Bill even calls us sheriffs who did the lawsuit. They called us the Clios. That is exactly what we are. And we've given our word to defend and protect our people from all enemies, both foreign and domestic. That is exactly what we should be doing. Absolutely, and that's great stuff right there. Of course, Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution states that only those laws which are uh, made in pursuance to the Constitution are the supreme law of the land. And such laws that Amen. are being proposed right now, like the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act or gun control measures, whether through executive order or congressional acts, uh, they're not constitutional, and sheriffs do need to stand. Uh, and speaking of sheriffs also standing, you know, in 2020 through 2021, We've seen the governors across America issuing draconian emergency and executive orders, shutting down businesses, uh, so-called non-essential businesses, telling Americans to wear uh, face masks or not to leave their doors, to stay at home. Are the sheriffs to blindly, and police as well, uh, enforce such edicts from either governors or the federal government? <laughs> no way. Uh, that is ridiculous. Uh, arresting a minister in Florida for, for conducting church, arresting people for going to church, arresting people for not doing Thanksgiving as prescribed by the governors. Self-appointed dictators have no authority in this country whatsoever, and every sheriff in the country has an obligation to stand against tyrants and to stand against tyranny and abusive government. There is no exception to liberty. There is no exception to our Constitution. There is no exemption clause for anyone to create such tyranny in the United States of America. 
for anyone to pretend to us that there's a crisis of the day. And so we're going to suspend your liberty. We're going to suspend all your rights until we take care of this crisis. That is absolutely unheard of. And someone, uh, you, we've already seen many someones in this country, many sheriffs who have stood against their own governors, who have stood against their own mayors and any and, and sometimes city councils who have tried to make hay with this uh, pandemic. And what can we say about the pandemic? There's been a lot of contradictions, a lot of misinformation, a lot of propaganda schemes, and a lot of fear factoring into all of this. We all need to do our own research on that and decide for ourselves if this has been appropriate government uh, pr uh, procedures and policies and protocol. This, this is way, and, and in my Supreme Court decision, if I could quote this, I actually wrote this little book uh, about my Supreme Court decision. Justice Scalia, writing for the majority, said this, quote, the Constitution protects us from our own best intentions. Don't you love that? It, the Constitution protects us from politicians who pretend that they're taking care of us. Destroy your liberty and then they come to you, but this is for your own good. Are they totally uh, insane? No. And then Scalia goes on. It divides power among sovereigns and among branches of government precisely so that we may resist the temptation to concentrate power in one location as an expedient solution to the crisis of the day, end quote. The Constitution protects us from our politicians' best intentions, and it also protects us from the crisis of the day. And I will, I'll be glad to, to work with our politicians and leaders as long as you alluded to they're following the Constitution. It must be in pursuance thereof. Absolutely. So for any law enforcement officials, whether sheriff officers, deputies, or police officers that may be watching this show uh, right now on social media or on YouTube and the Internet and elsewhere, Rumble.com, uh, what would you say to those uh, law enforcement officers that want to take a stand but they don't know where to go? Where would you direct them uh, to go? I believe that you have an organization that you founded precisely to uh, provide such support. That's exactly why we formed the CSPOA. We provide the education, we provide the backup, and we hope that all sheriffs and all peace officers, all patrol officers will put freedom first. Liberty in the United States of America is first for all three branches of government, for all public officials, for especially for sheriffs. Our duty is to protect liberty, to guarantee the civil rights of everyone that we work for. And there is no way that we make exemptions uh, to a precious commodity such as liberty. And what's the website for your organization? CSPOA.org. Now, since the early days of the John Birch Society, we, as you may know, of course, we've had the Support Your Local Police and Keep Them Independent campaign, which isn't, of course, yeah. uh, uh, limited to only local police, but also sheriff op the sheriff's departments or sheriff's offices, rather, as well. So uh, what what's your message for the average citizen who is not a police officer or a sheriff or involved in law enforcement? What would you say that they can do to show support for local police to get involved and help keep their local police independent from federal yeah. takeover? You must 
have a relationship with your sheriff. He works for you. The people are the sheriff's only boss. He has no other supervisor. He only reports to the people. And let me add this. Jefferson said, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. We, the people, must be involved in the preservation of liberty. We cannot stand and, and idly watch it go by. We must be in the, involved up to the plate and get, get ready to act. Thank you so much, Sheriff. We appreciate your time. Thank you, and God bless you. Same to you. Thanks so much. To help keep our sheriffs and police local and free of unconstitutional and socialist federal control, we highly encourage you to join the John Birch Society if you have not already done so, and also to join or form a Support Your Local Police, or SYLP, ad hoc committee in your local community. The answer to defeating the communist, globalist, and overall collectivist plot against freedom is a well-educated and organized electorate. And there is no better education action organization that has been in the freedom fight for over 60 years than the John Burt Society. Visit jbs.org to learn more about us, including to find all of our previous episodes of Anarchy in America. Lord willing, we will return in the fall for a new season of Anarchy in America. Until then, be sure to watch new episodes of our other programs. As always, until we meet again, stay educated, stay free, and God bless.